hit Radio Row in Arizona. It's Cofield and Company. Continuing things here at Radio Row, ESPN Las Vegas, and the former Raiders linebacker. Played for a lot of teams. We'll get into some of those teams. Lorenzo Alexander is here with us. You're doing a little bit of radio, right? Aside from the guest spot, you got a regular spot in Phoenix? Yeah, um, I work with Arizona uh, 987 Sports and uh, do a weekly show with uh, the great Ron Wolf- Wolfley. Uh, there you go. Who's a, Love who's Ron. a former player, yep. I um, wish I could do a Ron impression. I, I know, I can't do <laughs> I it can't either. either. I, I have too much Every time I hear him, I'm like, that is some <laughs> medieval beast. Yeah, so him and Luke Lipisky, I've been doing a show with them, probably even dating back to when I played here uh, in 2013, 2014. So I've been just, you know, guest hosting, and now I have a, a weekly segment during the season. Cool. Uh, most popular team in town is it? Is it always the NFL or who is no, the most popular I would team? Say, I would say it's probably the Suns here recently. I mean, they've been to a, a NBA Finals. Um, obviously, was in the playoffs. One that had a, a, a I know a um, organizational winning record last year. I think they won like sixty four games. It's, I think the most ever in um, organization's history. Um, and so right now, I think it's the Suns, even though they're going through a little bit of uh, injury spurt and they haven't been winning a lot. I think most of the excitement is still around the sun. What would you think if they had landed Kyrie Irving? Because they were trying no. to move on CP3 and, you know, clear out the money. And- yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, I mean, I'm a big Kyrie, the basketball player fan. Um, but Kyrie, as in all the other stuff that comes with that, because um, I've been on some dysfunctional teams in my career, and I understand how important culture is in relationships within the culture. So talent isn't everything. Talented, uh, I mean, hands down, let's yeah. get him. But as far as how is he going to relate to the rest of the guys and allow this team to continue to be relevant, um, I, don't, I don't know. Because you look at all the teams that he's been in, especially the last two or three stops, right? You're like, ah, I don't know if that team was left in a better position after he left it. Subaru of Las Vegas is bringing all the coverage here on Radio Row with ESPN Las Vegas. Lorenzo Alexander, former uh, Raider, is here with us. That 2015 Raiders team, was that one of the dis- uh, dysfunctional teams? Uh, no, that team was actually pretty good. I actually right. thought that team was going to win, had a chance of winning the Super Bowl. And if Derek Carr doesn't, I think he broke his ankle in the year after I left. Right. Um, when they were, I think he was up for MVP that year. Yeah. They was they was rolling, and then he ended up getting uh, got that sustained that injury and never got back right. So that team wasn't wasn't dysfunctional at all. It had a lot of great young pieces to it and, and a lot of potential. Yeah, the, the year you were there, you guys were seven and nine, but you lost like five games within seven points. I mean, yeah. it was really close to being. And right. I, I actually think that's the way the NFL is in large part. That right. it's a couple of coin flips here and there, and every team between like eight wins now right. and eleven could flip flop year to year. Yeah, very easily. And it always comes down, you know, you know, two minute drive, you know, a couple of calls here, fourth quarter, and are you able to finish off games? And we were a young team and we hadn't quite matured yet. But that next year I think they won maybe twelve, thirteen yep. games. Yep. What do you think of Derek Carr playing with him? I love Derek Carr. Yep. Um uh, one of the best leaders I've ever been around. Uh, obviously, he's a man of faith, and uh, we connected over that. And uh, just watching him lead every single day um, uh, was very inspirational. I learned a lot from him. So it was hard to see him go through what he's gone through. Um, obviously, he's carried a lot of water, um, I think, throughout his career. And then, you know, a guy that I think has earned the right uh, to be treated in a much better way on his way out. Uh, it was just a shame to see that happen. So you think they did him a little dirty, huh? Of course. I mean, I, obviously, I'm a player. And I know what type of guy Derek Carr. Some guys kind of create the tension themselves, but Derek leads with humility in everything that he does. Um, and so, obviously, there's probably different viewpoints and, and, and ways about how things should be done. But I know Derek was not the 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 the, the source of the tension or anything. That just because of who he is and how and how he operates. And so to treat a guy like that, that is really 
you know, bled for this organization, um, laid it on the line the way they did was, I think, very disrespectful. Former Raider linebacker Lorenzo Alexander with us. Well, this is what we signed up for, though. This is what Mark Davis signed up for. When you bring in Belichick guys, this is the way they're going to um, – behave is the wrong word, but this is the way they're going right. to operate. There's not a whole lot of emotion. And right. when it's time to move on, it's time to move right. on. Well, I don't even know if it's time to move on. I, I mean, I think, it, it, you know, they draw a line in the sand and they don't necessarily have to do that. They would like to be able to see some growth, right, because – you can't continue to operate the same way and not have success, right? I'm, this is Josh McDaniel's second time as a head coach, right? He's with Denver, right? Went back, got ahead. Now he's a head coach again. I don't know what he's learned or if he's operating differently, but maybe he needs to grow and look at himself as well because you haven't been successful as a head coach. And I think sometimes you can't, you can't be Belichick. You can take some of his foundation and his principles, right? But you don't have Tom Brady. You don't have that type of... Uh, pedigree as far as winning championships and so you have to be your own man your own self yeah you got to you can have some of the things that he talks about but you got to br bring it in your own way well and over the years belichick has built a lot of equity so he can get yeah. away with stuff like this and That's players will still come i think right. there's a lot of players around the league and if they are pro Derek carr they're like whoa yeah. if i go there is the right. same thing gonna happen to me and i would say belichick may be coming to the end of that too because they're not going to, if you're going to a, a, a super bowl every other year mm -hmm. yeah i'll go put up with yeah. it for, for yeah. every other year opportunity to win a super bowl because that's why i'm playing the game right but you can't continue to operate like that if you don't have the the type of production and wins where i have feel like i'm going to win a super bowl because that's what outside of the money most guys are playing to win a championship and and if you want to get a veteran that's older and i got to decide if i'm going to take the same money going to you and i got to deal with that certain type of environment versus a environment that i can thrive in i'm going to, to the other environment i wonder from a player standpoint too like how josh jacobs reacts to not having his fifth year option picked up then yeah. going out and posting two thousand plus yards is that you know, sticking his car where he's like, nah, I ain't coming back. Well, he ain't coming back for no discount or no, the same amount anymore. of money, you no, know what I mean? No. You're going to have to pay him more than any other team for him to stay, especially, again, right, your decisions, how you how you uh, impact Derek Carr impacts other guys. You're going to treat that dude like that? So how are you going to treat treat me? You know, after I do my deal, you're going to try to figure out a way to get out of my deal too and not pay me my money, mm -hmm. right? And so when you treat people a certain way and, and you have other star players, they see that, they talk, um, um, so it, it really hurts you on multiple levels because Jacobs is a dog. I mean, it, it, it was a shame that because of their, I guess, lack of success in some ways, that what he did this year went kind of underrated a little bit and nobody really talked about it. But you look at the dude's numbers and Crazy. watch his games, it's like, man, this dude is out here balling. So now they're looking for a quarterback. The dream is the next one, because it was going to be TB12 <laughs> until he walked away, is Aaron Rodgers. But who knows with Aaron Rodgers in terms of the timeline and what he wants right. to do. And then how does that relationship work? I mean, you got two guys. I mean, A-Rod is, you know, hasn't very been that easy to work with. You yep. got uh, McDaniels that wants to do it his way, right? I mean, McDaniels, it got to a point where we had multiple players in Las Vegas for the Raiders saying this offense is really complicated. I think Devontae Adams compared it to, like, learning Cantonese or something. Oh, like, yeah. And that was like nine games into the season. Right, yeah, yeah. So Rodgers is going to come in and then he's going to acquiesce? No, he's going to want to do things. This is how I've been doing it for the last, what is he, 18 years. Why can't we do do it my way? Make your system my way. We already got Devontae. Then that's going to headbutt, right? No, you got to do it this way. I've been doing this way. I had Tom Brady. We were doing this way, right? So that's, I don't I don't, I don't know. I know he's talking to another guy. You kind of threw out there, Jimmy G, yeah. which maybe that's a, a connection, but right? But he, he has a lot of options. Offense. You're right. The connection, the connection may be the thing. Right. But he's going to have options. You know, there's other clubs that are right on the, the uh, you know, the edge of making the playoffs who need a bridge quarterback. Yeah. So. 
But sometimes the system, if you're comfortable in the system, right, okay. and Jimmy G was comfortable in the Patriots system, he's operated in there. Maybe they throw him a couple extra dollars in other teams, then he goes there as well. And that and McDaniels may be a little bit more comfortable because he has some familiarity with him. So I'm going to go to left field here real quick. Uh, you went to Cal. You grew, yep. up, you yeah, grew yeah. up in the area. So I was actually, I, I cover a lot of UNLV football. Went up there, saw the stadium, saw the campus. Really neat campus. Yeah. That's a cool school. What's going to happen with them in the future? Every time I have anyone around from Cal or Stanford, and I know you guys are different, but you're kind of paired, and now that the Big Ten stole you know, the two of the premium right. programs, like, where does it leave Cal? I, I really don't know. I know it talked about us going maybe to the Big Ten as well, but I don't, I don't know how that works or fits. I mean, they just have to, uh, to be in such an innovative area. you think they would be able to come up with something to be considered some of the smart guys, you know, in college, you know, you think about Cal, academia, you think they'd be able to come up with some creative ways to be competitive with NIL, with Silicon Valley to be exactly. in there. I feel like they, there's to, no way that school should be short on money. Right. And yet they're, even with the Pac-12 money, they're like freaking $75, million in the hole with that, athletics. That's, and that's what I'm saying. But it, again, it has to be a complete, a complete buy-in. When you talk about some of these academic schools, right? And that's what, if you say Berkeley in, in normal terms in America, they think, oh man, you are really intelligent, right? And so you get that yep. that tension between the academics and then the, the sports. Instead of being like a collaborative effort, yep. there's like this natural tension where it doesn't be like that, where academics need to understand if sports and football are doing really well, yeah. that's more money for research and building these buildings, right? Yep. You get so, donations, and that's why yeah. the, other, you know, the other option a while ago was, hey, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are going to fold into each other. I'm like, Cal and Stanford are going to go to the Big 12 right. and face schools like Texas Tech and Okie State? Really? You think that's <laughs> right. an academic match or philo right. philosophical right. match? Right, yeah. Just, it, I, who knows? Who knows? So hopefully they figure it out. But, you know, it's, it, what I grew up watching in Pac-10 ball and then obviously Pac-12 is dead. It's gone. I bet the Chiefs. My yeah. moron, I bet him right out of the gates oh, at the did? beginning of last week. Ah. At the time, they were getting two. Uh, today, it's a pick them. Not well, a big difference, but right, right. But that was when you know, uh, people I wouldn't were call you about. a moron because yeah. um, Pat Mahomes and I mean that offense, Andy Reid, they're so explosive. Um, I, the only thing that has me kind of hesitating is just watching the physicality of the 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 Eagles line on both sides. Um, when you think about knocking guys off last week in the 49ers defense, that's pretty legit. Their D tackles playing five, seven yards downfield, and Green people like Greenlaw and, and Warner, why, why aren't you playing downhill? Because they thought they was at the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage got knocked right back in their lap. They thought they triggered already. Like I mean, you can't win football games when that is happening in front of you. Um, and so if they come out with that same type of intent um, on both sides and are able to get after Pat Mahomes and make the, a long day kind of how Tampa Bay did a couple of years as well as control the, the line of scrimmage and run the ball, um, it's going to be really hard for, for, for the Chiefs to keep up. That was awesome. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearmint Rhino. Live from Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on the 215 and Rainbow. Buda Baker coming from center field. Pick it off Derek Carr on the sideline. What a play from the Arizona Cardinal who's prettiest all over Vegas. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on from Radio Road, JVT is with us. Cofield 
As you heard, all brought to you by Subaru Las Vegas, Spearman Rhino. John, let's continue on what we were talking about earlier in the show with uh, your guy, Kyrie Irving. Not really your guy, but Kyrie Irving going from the Nets to the Mavericks. We really haven't covered the Lakers angle on this whole thing. First of all, how did LeBron react? Uh, tweeted out yesterday, maybe it's me. And, uh, and that's it. You love LeBron and the passive-aggressive. Uh, yeah, look, so I'm a big LeBron <laughs> fan, and um, I, I think he is generally you know, trashed for usually no reason. Um, having said that, when you see situations like this, you totally understand why he gets under people's skin, right? Because it's the passive-aggressive tweet, but it's also with the messaging throughout this entire year and throughout his career that he's never had anything to do with anything, right, when it comes to team building. He, I think it was Sam Amick who works for The Athletic. I don't, remember if, I don't know if you remember about a month or two ago. He did an interview with Amick, and at the end of it, he's quoted as saying, I don't know, you, you all know what the F needs to be done. I don't need to say anything, right, in terms of improving the team, making trades. But then in November, he is also quoted as saying, uh, you know, that's a Rob Polinka question in terms of team management and, and changing the roster or whatnot. Like, no. You you had a hand in you had a hand in crafting this team and trading for Russell Westbrook. You don't get it both ways. You don't get to force them to make a trade, but then say I don't have anything to do with it. But then also make quotes in the media. But then tweet at Sam Amick after those quotes come out. It's your quotes and being like I don't like the way this makes me look. And then here being like maybe it's me. Like just stop with the passive aggressive nonsense. We all know what happens. Like just just do it. Just say it. Do you think he got involved on this one? Uh, no. And, and that's why he's sending out the tweet because he's like, I man, man, I got burned. I think the Lakers are finally kind of deciding, not that they're pushing back on LeBron, but I think they're kind of finally deciding, like, look, like, yes, will Kyrie Irving make us better? Sure. But does that realistically lead us to winning the Western Conference given the teams that are ahead of us? Probably not. And those Lakers picks are going to be valuable. Remember, those are 2027 and 2029 first-round picks. Who knows where the Lakers are going to be at that point? Those could be some pretty valuable picks if this team hits the tank. And so you don't want to give those up for Kyrie Irving, who might not play with you next year or by the time December rolls around. So I, I kind of like what the Lakers are doing. I'm probably a complete idiot for this take, but I kind of like that Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, and by the way, the owner of our uh, one of the owners of our local lacrosse team, but I kind of like that Joe Sy was like, nah, not the Lakers. It's good, right? It's peak petty. Yeah. I mean, it is, but... Did they actually cost themselves a better deal? I mean, maybe. If they were willing to ship off the two first-round picks, who knows what those things become. But again, but it all talk, it all goes down to what do you want to do as the Nets. If your goal is remain competitive with Kevin Durant, well, then they didn't turn down the best deal because you know those are draft assets, and who knows yeah. what those are going to turn into. I mean, could you then talk yourself into, no, you get those two first-round picks, then you flip those for something uh, right to go and get something for Kevin Durant, maybe. That's probably an argument that can be made. So maybe they did make the wrong deal. But at the same time, I'm kind of down with it. I'm kind of down with just saying, no, screw this. Like, you have torched this really good experiment that we had going on. All the returns when you guys were together looked like it was going to be great. But Harden left because he didn't want to play with you. And now you're requesting a trade after we tried everything with you. You're not going to the team that you want. Headline, Lakers snub Kyrie Irving. And annoy LeBron James. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, Bill Plaschke in the LA Times. It's a good column. And he hit on all the same points that I did, right? Which is just like, you had a hand to this. Like, stop with the passive-aggressive nonsense. They shouldn't be risking. And I think really what it comes down to is it's just the player who Kyrie Irving is. 
Like Kyrie Irving is mercurial. You have no idea what he's going to be when he wakes up in the morning, if he's going to be happy or sad. I mean, look at even the messaging like for this most recent thing, right? So Sham Sharanya in the original report on The Athletic reports that he did not like the deal that the Brooklyn Nets gave him, right? That it was an incentive-laden deal and all that kind of stuff and that that wasn't good enough for him. But then, because Shams is getting his stuff from Kyrie's people, then Shams reports that Kyrie Irving would have never re-signed with the Nets even if they would have given him what he wanted. Like, no, it's not true. That's not true at all. So, like, the messaging's all over the place. You have no idea what he wants. Why would you risk all that to bring him in if maybe in a year from now he's like, I'm tired of living under the shadow of LeBron James, man. I'm going to move on, bro. I want to go to, you know, bigger and better things. I saw a fan react by saying on uh, Kyrie not going to L.A., good, Lakers will get them this offseason and still keep their picks. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Can, can that happen? Oh, yeah, of course it can. He's a free agent. So, like, well, the, can, but can it happen? Obviously, he's not going to play for a million dollars. Right. So the Lakers would have to offer him what he wants, which is going to be like three years or whatever. Um, and I think the way it works is like he can get – he can get two-year extension with the team that currently owns his rights, which is, of course, the Mavericks, and then he can sign a four-year deal on the open market if that's going to be the case with any team who wants to get him on via free agency. So if the Lakers want to commit to that, go I mean, ahead. Don't they, have, don't they have to unless they're going to get out of the LeBron and Anthony Davis business? I, think, I, would, I mean, I would say so. This free agent class really isn't like one of the best ones in the world. So, And look, if, if LeBron wants him, do you go do it? Now that you don't have to give up any assets, just your pride? Well, I mean, you're risking a complete disaster. You know, Of course. It could be sooner than later if, as you said, the mercurial Kyrie Irving goes off the deep end. I mean, I don't even know if it's sooner or later, right? It's it's almost 100%. We're at 100% hit rate so far. Each team that he's been with. <laughs> you're right. That's a good point. Like, we're at 100% hit rate right Do now. Do you think so. it'll happen where he'll be unhappy? Yeah. Yep. Never yeah. has Has never not been the case. Right. So, I mean, even look at this stretch. Like, Kevin Durant was about to come back. Right? They were competing. They looked like they were going to be pretty decent. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, no. Nah. Like, I compared it on, on Visa, and I compared it to the cat. You'll, you'll get this analogy. It, it's the cat that's sitting on the counter with the glass right there. And it's like, you know what? It's too quiet. Let me just knock this thing over really quickly <laughs> yeah. because I can. Like, that's exactly what it is. Why would I get that? <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Crazy cat guy. I got too many of them. We've lost control. You, have a bunch of, you got a bunch of Kyrie Irvings running around your house. <laughs> we do have we, week to week. We have no idea what these lunatics are gonna are gonna do. Uh, giveaway time: three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. We got tickets to go see. Ooh, lightning! Lightning against the uh, Knights coming up on February eighteenth. Seven o'clock start. AXS.com is where you can get your uh, own tickets if you don't win them from Ari. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller number seven. Remember, check out the flight deck promotion up on lvsportsnetwork.com. It's presented by Allegiant Airlines. You get tickets. It's standing room only, but it does include all the food you can eat and beer and wine. All the beer and wine for just the price of uh, one ticket. Obviously, you can buy multiple tickets. It's the flight deck promotion. lvsportsnetwork.com. lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, next opportunity is coming up in just a couple weeks to take advantage of that. It's also brought to you by Lerner and Rowe Injury Lawyers, West Star Credit Union, and Las Vegas Honda Dealers. Uh, you go up on the web, uh, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can punch in the code and take advantage of it. It's the flight deck promotion for your own VGK tickets. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearman Rhino. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. 
Radio Row, or as I'm told, Media Row now. You know what? Screw the new media. We're still cool. Radio Row. Radio Row. Yes. Arash, Mr. Vegas is here. This is a great thing about Arash, is he was just in Vegas for like five days. I live pretty much between eight and 11 miles away from the Strip. Yeah. You now have a place there, and the the first time we see each other in months is in Phoenix. Phoenix. So here's the thing, I love the Strip so much, and when I moved to Vegas, people asked, so are you living in Henderson, or are you living in, in Summerlin? I yeah. said, I'm not, I'm living on the Strip. I, I, I am. I love the the uh, strip. It's know? a rarity. It's a rarity. Most, most and by the way, come to town and are like, "Hey, I'm going to live in the burbs, and you want to be right there." And not only that, I'm one of the few people I love the monorail, and I know it's got a short shelf life, but I love that thing so much. I love the concept. I know. Like if it came out to my house, <laughs> well, that's I, I, I would, so for that's me, what we need. it's go not to the far airport from my and house. Go to the burbs. Yeah. I use it like a New York subway, but <laughs> I mean, well, when I see the minority, I mean, there's sometimes yes. I hop on that thing, and I'm the only one. Well, it, so. well, we're going to get into your living concept because the right. area you move to, I find to be completely fascinating. But my head is spinning because while I'm here in Phoenix, all I'm thinking about is next year with the Super Bowl in Las oh, Vegas. And I can't believe Arash, it. I'm kind of blown away by the setting here yep. because I've been coming on and off uh, to the Super Bowl site for like 25 years. Yeah. And this stuff right here, these online oh, books, yeah. FanDuel and DraftKings and Caesars down that way. This was, whoa, no, you yeah. can't do that. We weren't even allowed here just because we were connected to sports gambling. Exactly. And so, I mean, so things are back to where they were pre-pandemic. I, I think this like reminds me. how big was Radio me, Row the last couple of years? So last year in Los Angeles was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Tampa, I'll show you a picture. I mean, there was nobody there. And again, I, I wanted to go just to see what it was, but it defeats the purpose. The only reason a show comes here is because you're going to have publicists here and they're going to bring their clients yeah. and whether it's a celebrity or a player or whatnot, nobody was there. That was kind of like the height of the pandemic. So Las Vegas will break every media radio road credential record with, because everyone wants to be right there in Las Vegas. 128 shows, and I, but I actually think, and I'm not saying a bad thing because this is, you know, eventually we'll probably all be there. But I feel like a lot of this could be just like TikTok shows. If they wanted to do oh, TikTok sports shows, yeah, they could have like 200 more. Exactly, and I think that they've done that. Like, if you are listening in in, in the Super Bowl a year from now, we'll be there in Las Vegas. If you have a podcast. Like the, the the league likes to brag about the number of tables that they have and the number of press. So if you have a podcast or if you, if you want to be involved, I don't know why they don't all let them in. They, they, I have like five hundred here. I don't know what the what the line is where they. But there are some shows I go on and I, I don't know who's listening and right. who's watching. But listen, I mean, I, I, this is. By the way, this is such a great event for the media. I mean, there's so many people that, that I've seen that I haven't seen in years since the last World Kansas City. It's all about us. 49. This is all oh, about me. All about us. And Adam Hill knows that. So, yes. you know. Adam not on today. He'll be I here know. later in the week, so we'll have to do a second spot this week. Uh, Sporting Tribune. Yes. Growing and growing. So We're what's going on? over. So Sporting Tribune, uh, first big hiring was Steve Karp. Next big hiring... Willie Ramirez. I don't think anyone knows the town like he does. I mean, I, I think I no love, one does. I love driving around with them. We go to Piero's and just he is uh, so. And we're having conversations right now. I really believe Las Vegas is not believe. I mean, I think it, you know it is the center of the sports world with Formula One, with the Super Bowl, with the Pro Bowl, with the College Football Championship, with the Final Four. We're I mean, bigger than you in LA because of our stadium. Yeah, well, here's what I like they about fix, it. They got, I don't know what they're going to do about SoFi, Arash, but it's the terrible. area around it, I'm yeah. not saying Inglewood's 
it's, it's not great. But it's just there's nothing built up around it. And listen, we've, nowhere to go. We've we've joked about this, but what makes Allegiant Stadium so great? is the beautiful Haas, the Hacienda Bridge. Love the Haas. And I joke about it, but listen, <laughs> no matter what you want to call it, um, it's the beauty of you could enjoy the Strip, you can go to the Luxor, you can go to the Mandalay Bay, whatever, walk, and it's such a breezy, like, easy walk. And uh, and then once the game is over, walk back. And, mm-hmm. and, and we don't have that at SoFi, and that's something that we will not get. Now they're never going to build up any sort of not. entertainment district. Or what is Kroenke doing? Is it not? Is it not zoned so, for? So no, no, no. I mean, they are going to build something, but it's not going to be remotely close to well, the something strip, like Glendale, obviously. right? Can't they do that? They are. Okay. It's not going to be great, though, Steve. I mean, I mean, they're going to do what they can. Damn it! But it's not going to be it's what very it frustrating. could be. No, I I feel you. But they will do something because the Clippers will have the intuitive. Dome, that's going to be fantastic. Right. Um, so there will be some mixed use. There will be, some, but it won't be what Las Vegas is. It can't be. I mean, we do have to catch up. The stadium's pretty new, but the Vegas stadium, we do have to kind of build up that area as well. It's a, well, it's amazing that they're already doing construction. I was at the game last night, and they've already parceled off where they're going to have new suites and new, which is fine. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah. Well, the, the the Terribles company has a couple of properties right there, right by. Um, the Gentleman's Clubs by Crazy Horse 3. That's so they right. just announced a plan. you got to get this on the Sporting Tribune. Uh, they just announced a plan to build a restaurant and multi-use uh, facility with like 750 parking spots. Ah. So it's starting to come slowly. We need a strip club beat. I think, I think with the Sporting Tribune, I drove by Sapphires, and my favorite thing about Sapphires is, is that they really promote this skybox. Yes. <laughs> There's no one rather than a skybox. Can I tell you who loved the skyboxes at Sapphire? Who? My mother. She didn't <laughs> work. Amazing. She wasn't working. The El Dorado, she, you know. She, no, she she came out. <laughs> she came out to visit me in ooh, uh, probably like 2005, and we yeah. used to do a lot of stuff at strip clubs, a lot of live shows at strip I clubs. I was I was there. You were at Crazy Horse Three, That's but at right. Sapphire, we did, dude. I mean, if you want an insider, it's, it's I'm past my prime on this stuff. But they gave her a tour of oh. Sapphire. There we go. And she was like, I love this place. I don't think they brought any girls up with her, though. Okay. She didn't get the full experience. Well, I am uh, I am looking to do some kind of... If, if Sapphire's looking, the Sporting Tribune would like to would like to partner with you. We have a way. lot of candidates on the Cofield & Company staff uh, to, be sure your, you to be your insider. Not only in town, but out of town. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. A lot of old stories, though. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't do that stuff anymore. A lot of old stories. Um, all right. So let's stick with Vegas in yeah. terms of what we just saw. I wasn't there for the Pro Bowl, um, but it looked like a nice crowd. And I saw a lot of people said, hey, the, the new... Uh, activities, the competition, it's better, the old game, get rid of it. But you said to me off the air, you're like, eh, it's really for kids. No, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are for kids that we don't get, and that's okay, you know? And so uh, when you looked at the crowd, and the crowd was good, if you really looked at the crowd, it was a bunch of families, it was a bunch of kids. I think the league really... uh, took the advice of a few people, including myself, and I said, this is not a game. Don't make it a game. It's a flag football. They're really making that push to make flag football a sport. Um, and and uh, beyond that, make it affordable. And it had to be affordable, Steve. When I looked at the crowd, it was a bunch of flag football teams, kids, parents. Again, right. me covering the game, game yeah. I did not understand. It's three flag football games, a catch contest. It was way too long. It doesn't need to be that long. But, but it's, it's not about it, me. But it's for the kids, and it's, it's supposed to be like kids. a year-end convention for the NFL. Yeah. So make it fun. You don't have to make bank on it. No, no, no. But, you know, what? it did allow me, and as much as I love Las Vegas and I would love for that event to stay in Las Vegas, it did open the door, in my view, to that event going back to Hawaii. Really? Because well, you don't need a 60,000-seat stadium. It is now a TV event. You're on in Hawaii. 
I am on right. the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Yes, you're, you're on in Hawaii. <laughs> so ha- what I'm looking ha- for is an you, excuse to go s- to Hawaii. Okay, then that we, we can just end the topic there because they're kind of in a transition right now with their stadium. 100%. It's a, it, it, no one's talking about it. I don't think even people realize that Hawaii last year played in a stadium that seats 9,000. They couldn't fill that. They, they, they played in front of 5,000 people. And now they got to raise funds to stay a Division One school to at least, again, their stadium is going to be 50. 15,000, Stephen. They're not going to fill that, but they need to at least have 15,000 seats available yep. to stay in Division One. I. I think one of the gems, if you're a sports gambler, Hawaii football, you you most people around the country are very familiar with Hawaii football. They they need to find a way to stay in the Division One football. Yes, it's, it's and there, there's question. great high school football tradition there. If they win just a little bit with hometown kids and Timmy Chang, they're they're going to draw. I mean, right. It doesn't. When, when June Jones was the coach and Tim yeah, Chang was yeah, playing, yeah. I mean, if, but if they can, I don't know what they're going to build. I was told when I was there for the UNLV game that uh, they were going to build, like you said, fifteen, seventeen thousand seats onto their track facility. That's what, the, yeah. I mean, they, they they had the clearance for a new Aloha Bowl, but now it doesn't seem like the money's there for like a three hundred million dollar stadium. The biggest issue that they have there is, you know, what's going to be there. Um, so they would have the Hawaii Bowl there. They would have eight c- college football games there. Yep. You got to find use for it. You just, I mean, that's, that's the when issue. We were pitched, when we were pitched the uh, the Las Vegas Stadium, Allegiant, yeah. we were told at the time, 52 events a year. It's way beyond that already. Yeah. It's, well, it's because people want to go there. And they did the smart thing. And I love SoFi. You know how much I love SoFi. And I said, at some point in time, this indoor, like outdoor thing is going to go. Steve, the, the College Football National Championship game, it was a joke. The, the, the surface was slick. It was raining. It was windy. It had rain coming into the facility. It was weird. People it's like were they fa- never thought of the and possibility. Like, I, I know we're in Southern California. I get that. But, like, it will rain from time to time. And they are so lucky that that happened during a blowout game. Right. Like, so what I, are they going to do? They got to they got to come up with some kind of curtains or something. I don't know what they can right? do. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, because not of curtains, that, they're something. not going to get the final four. And I've talked to them. Oh, that's a good point. They, that's not. A, they didn't care about that. But mm. I love the final four, and so you know, yeah. I mean, and we're it, getting it. Yeah. Well, we're it, that's it. not happening. Yeah. At Sporting Trib. At Sporting Trib. At Sporting Trib. I did, I wanted to get that right. At Sporting Trib. Arash is with us, Mr. Vegas, Mr. LA. Let's go to LA for a few more topics. So this is a big week for LeBron, yeah. but the beginning of the week sucks for him because I think he really believed he was getting Kyrie. I think he did too. And, and now it's coming out that basically the Nets, and listen, this was more of a Kyrie thing than a LeBron thing. I think we're not, we're, we're not sending him where he wants to go. We're not sending him to where he wants to go. We're sending him to a situation where he may not win a playoff series, if we're being quite is, honest Is Josiah a jerk for doing that? I think Josiah is... he is, supposed to look out for the best interests of the NBA? No, but I don't think he made the best deal for his team. Because here's the thing, Steve. If you think that the Lakers are a blank show (laughs) and that Rob Polinka can't turn this around and whatever, the two first-round picks you were going to get, those are lottery picks. Look at New Orleans. Look at the situation they're in right now. So I don't think that they made the best long-term deal. I think it is about winning short-term. I think right now it's all about can we keep KD. But no, bad Moment for the Lakers, uh, Steve, because I'm in the press box at Allegiant and I get the alert. I'm like, that's the end of their season. And when I say that, could they maybe make it into the play in tournament? Yeah, but this is like, we've seen enough of this team. They're not a playoff team, they're not winning a playoff series. With Kyrie, they had a chance. LeBron's such an interesting guy because he's polarizing. And then he's especially polarizing for Lakers fans. Yes. And now we got the setup where he's going to pass Kareem. 
He's going to pass and Kareem. I'm sure from a generational standpoint, there's big splits in Lakerville on that one. Yeah, so when LeBron came, uh, he, the first big moment for him is when he passed Kobe, and it was not, it was not, listen, I get it. These fans didn't appreciate, like, it, it wasn't a moment that was celebrated. Now, this upcoming week, while we're here in Phoenix, he will pass Kareem, a great mark. But when you look at the totality of his career, 60% of his points in Cleveland, 21% in Miami, 19% in the Lakers. Not only that, misses the playoffs his first year, wins in year two, unfortunately for him, and I'm not the type to, to poo-poo that title. It happened on a soundstage in Orlando, effectively. <laughs> the year three gets knocked out in round one. Last season, below 500. They totally missed the playoffs. And this year, Steve, I think they'll be below 500 and they will miss the playoffs. Just not a, something that you are, are pumped about yeah. as a Lakers fan. And then you're passing Kareem. So well, that's now, the now, other then thing, people right? have this yeah. natural dislike of you. Can I tell you something? And you're just, you're a lot younger than me, but um, I don't think people remember that when Kareem set the scoring mark, Kareem actually went through a little bit of what LeBron will go through because a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just longevity, which, by the way, is incredible that sure, LeBron exactly. is still who he is at this age. But Kareem got that same thing because you, you had old-timers from yeah. the 70s, well, really the 60s, right? And going back, they're like, oh, well, Kareem just played until he was 39, 40 years old. So he kind of got mistreated at the time. He did. Different but, guys, but I'm just telling you, he was mistreated exactly. a little bit but at the time. you look at the end of his career, you know, they win in 1987, they win in 1988, they could yeah. have three-peated. And so at the end of his career, still a very productive player, still a very good player. And as you know, Steve, he broke the record where? Where did Kareem break the record? Vegas. Las Vegas. Yep, yep. I was actually thinking about how Kareem came off in the HBO show, the Perlman show. Yeah. I thought he came off pretty well. Like he was pretty, you know, they kind of showed him as a grumpy guy at the beginning, but how he came around and how Magic, you know, made basketball he fun for him again. He had a moment in his life where, so one of the reasons with Kareem, he didn't get a statue for the longest time. Not only because of him, but because of the company that he kept that really, you know, you can be kind of salty about what you've gone through in his life, and he yeah. had every right to. He also surrounded himself with people that didn't really help his cause. I mean, the fact that Kareem had to wait as long as he did to get his statue, Outrageous. I think it humbled him. And now Kareem is, you know, I love what Kareem st stands for. But it's interesting, the LeBron-Kareem relationship. A, there's none really there, and it's kind of contentious at times as well. I love that Kareem last week stood up for WNBA players. That's love the kind that. of stuff. When he drops in, you're like, oh, Kareem had something to say about this, about the travel the and backing exactly. up Brianna Stewart. Uh, by the way, our super teams, the Aces and the Liberty. Love that. Is that really? It's good for you the league. You Here's why. Here's why, Steve. Wow. Because you need, when you look at what what is the height of the sports, when you're like, oh, like, like, why did you become a fan? Jordan and the Bulls or, you know, Jeter and the Yankees or whatnot. Uh, usually a super team will bring in the, the casual fan. So the idea, I don't think when you're talking about a league trying to build, you know, trying to get people to watch their games, two super teams and the beauty of this, it's Vegas and New York. So it's not, listen, they could have had two teams and not, I mean, Las Vegas becoming the center of the sports world, New York. Hot ticket. Imagine Madison Square Garden sold out for a WNBA cool. game. And I bet you that will happen. At Sporting Trib, tell people the concept. The concept, Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii. The footprint is kind of there. When I, when, now that I, I spent a ton of my time in Vegas, you turn on the TV, you got the Lakers, you got the Dodgers, you got all the teams we have in Southern California, Vegas, Hawaii connection. I don't need to let you guys know that. The Ninth Island. So there's always that kind of connection here. Our idea is to build a uh, platform 
where we get the best young content creators and the old school guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, like our good sure. friend. Uh, or no, sorry. Experienced. Experienced. And that's a better word. Sorry. Experienced. Old. We're all starting to feel uh, the no, victim no, 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 of no, no. ageism Experienced. now. Experienced. We got to close on this one. So yeah. you've invested in Vegas. We always called you Mr. Vegas, but you didn't have a place there. You've got wow. a place there. You are towards the northern end of the strip. I'm a very big fan of it. I want to see it redeveloped. I can't wait until uh, whatever it's going to be called. Fountain Blue is finished That's up. That's big. Festival Grounds. Um, I actually drive through there all the time. It's my sneaky route yeah. to get over to uh, UNLV in the east side. So I'm a fan of the, uh, the Strat as well. Boy, the Ace. You know, a lot of us on the ground in Vegas are, push, are pushing against the age just well, because of the, the quality thing. of the organization. So you look, at, you look at the professional sports landscape, and if you were being honest, and we just talked about them, there's six big leagues, right? The first three that came here went to the south side of the Strip, effectively, right? The Raiders at Allegiant, you got the Golden Knights at T-Mobile, um, and the Aces. Um, so now if I'm Derek Stevens, if I'm at Circa, if I'm at Sahara, if I'm the Strat, if I'm at every casino past the wind, the north side of the Strip, right. I'm, not, I'm not sitting back and watching how this plays out. I'm having <laughs> meetings with the Oakland A's and saying, hey, listen, we got the Fountain Blue coming up. Yep. Let's make that the home of the Las Vegas A's or whatnot. We have another parcel of land that's been out there for 10 years. Hey, come on, like, let's do something there. Uh, there's three more leagues will be here, Steve. I have no, no doubt about that. And when they do, they should be on the north side of the strip. And that's why I you. have invested Look at you. in saying the north side yeah. of the strip is where it's going to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like people can fire at you and be like, would you live there? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, yes. I walk around there. Maybe not leave. That's <laughs> yeah, You walk close. You stay close. Exactly. It's yeah. going to get better. It's going to get better. I think so. It'll get a lot better. All right. We got to wrap on this. Arash is with us. Um, Apparently, you got in with the uh, Super Bowl Las Vegas people out front. I'm like, yeah. wait, wait, where's the setup? Well, I'm, how about Ve this? I'm Vegas. Who is representing the city of Las Vegas? Again, so Super Bowl, Carrot Top. Nailed Carrot it. Top, meet and greet, 1030 in the morning. Who doesn't want to, you know, be of Las Vegas? Thursday, they're making drinks. And as you know, there's no other way to win over the hearts and minds of the media than some cocktails here. Nice. So listen, well, Las Vegas. Got the Come PR on. material. I don't have Fantastic. it. Mr. Vegas, there he is. Arash. <laughs> Thanks. Cofield and Company live on Radio Row is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. JVT, Cofield, thanks for Rosh. I actually want to build on a couple of the Arash Convo points, but uh, first, this is not me complaining, John, because you know I hate when media people complain, Yes, but I did want to mention the food sit here. Okay. So I got some donuts this morning from QT. You ever hear a quick trip? Mm, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much better than any convenience store. Sorry, no Even offense to you guys. Any convenience store in Vegas. Okay, okay. Yeah, we need we need quick trips. Uh, Maverick has stepped up its game pretty good. Yeah, there's, a bunch, there's, there's, there's a bunch of solid ones. Can I say really quick? Yeah. Maverick is my favorite now. Maverick is great. It's, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. But uh, I, I think compared to other cities, we're, we're a little lacking. Yeah. I think if, if top-notch competition comes into the market, everyone will step up their game, right? Yep. It would be like if another sports radio station came into Vegas. I mean, forget it. Um, so I bought three donuts. I think DeMond had half. 
And then Q, you know, he's an older guy like me, but he stays in shape. I don't care anymore. So I wound up eating, I think, like two or two and a half donuts, right? So I've been to the Super Bowl, Radio Row, I don't know, you know, whatever, 10, 11 times. I haven't been in like four years. So I'm like, where's the free coffee? Um, a couple of snacks. Like, even if it's just like pubs, you know, the freaking pub pretzels, right? Nothing, right? Hmm. Again, I'm not complaining. What I'm going to reference, though, is, and this is something I've told you and others many times, this was what was going to happen because of us. We did this to us. Because media people are, unfortunately, a lot of them are pigs. Mm -hmm. All of our news is real, so F the fake news stuff. But we're pigs. And I always go back to the 1998 Super Bowl in San Diego at the San Diego Convention Center because I was still relatively young, John, younger than you, um, in my broadcast career. And it was the Packers and the Broncos, and the setup in San Diego was so beautiful. They treated us, lo you know, lovely fashion. They had a mini pizza making machine. Cool. But some of us are such arrogant, grumpy bastards that there was a sixteen, seventeen year old working the pizza machine. The machine broke, and guess how people behaved? Oh, I'm sure they they looked at the situation, understood yep. that it was out of his control, and treated them respectfully. Nope. It's like every video you see on TikTok where people are going crazy on these poor folks who work at fast food places. We did that. And I was like, we're going to lose all. We're going to lose all of it. And we're not going to have anything. You greedy pig. Can I all of it. And now it's all gone. Not even free coffee. It's gone. Can I also gone, just John. point out? It's gone. What makes it worse? You guys were getting that for free. Yep. Right? Like, you're still a piece of garbage if you're going after fast food workers. Yep. But at the very, very least, you're paying for it. Uh, I got to do some research, and I, I'll have to contact one of the guys who went with me to the Super Bowl in 98. But, yeah, the it was the mini pizza maker. I I, I, I get I get misty-eyed about it because now now we see what happened. Right. And it's, it's sad. It's very sad. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Do we want to talk A's on the north end of the strip, as Arash was just wishing for, or do we talk about the run of Rebels this weekend, this Ooh, past boy. weekend? Oof. The numbers were not good, John. Uh, no, they weren't. Uh, let's just put it. F for the team that ranks last by a mile in conference offensive efficiency to come to your building and have an offensive rating of 122, uh, not good. And look, I, uh, I tipped a couple back. I was still watching the game. Maybe I, my eyes weren't as focused, but there were a couple of shots that, yeah, there were some pretty tough looks, right, that went down for Fresno State. Yeah. For the most part, though, that defensive effort, that was, uh, that was shocking to yep. see that happen, man. There were a lot of free trips to the hoop. Yep. There were some, you know, give and goes, pick and rolls that were way too easy. To your point, it, Fresno is amazing, though, um, and a lot of it's the defense of the Rebels, but Fresno on the year is shooting 29% from three. In the two games against the Rebels, they went 18 of 36. Yep. So it's not a small sample. And they've done that in the past at times. And, I mean, the other one was Jamal Baker is – he hasn't been great this year offensively. Mm -hmm. um, came in shooting, I think it was less than 30% from three. He hit some crazy shots. He actually had his career high. He's a guy who started at Kentucky, went to Arizona, didn't play last year because he was injured was one of eight and one of five. One of eight from the field, one of five from three against UNLV up there. And the other night he goes into the 20s and shoots over 50%. And then they they cannot find a way to stop Isaiah Hill, who's a good player, 11-point-per-game guy, shooting 26% from three, and he's over 50% in two games against them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that so, was... I don't I don't know what to make of the season. Like I I feel like they're on the edge of being able to beat anyone. Yep. Which means they could make a run in the Mountain West Conference tournament, but they're just so unpredictable from night to night. No, I I I would agree with that. And like I, I just I guess that was the closest to not an unacceptable loss because these teams are a lot closer to each other than you realize. But like you said, that was the thing that killed you was some of the free trips to the basket. Some of the, like, they weren't even, like, classic offensive rebounds, but some of, like, the, just, like, missed shots that would fall to nowhere where no one was around. They were just scooped up by Fresno State yep. and put back up for a second-chance opportunity and sometimes being fouled on those second-chance opportunities. Well, like, I mean, again, I don't like to talk about bad luck, but, I mean, just don't get involved, but... At the end of the game, when they give out a double technical, it's Isaiah Moore, the kid for Fresno, gets uh, booted, and Harkless. So they're trying to make a comeback, and now EJ Harkless, who's on his way to 25-plus points, he's out. And and look, like watching that, I thought it was kind of bogus that they both got double-tacked. I thought that was clearly going to be a technical on Fresno State. But at the same time, should you like it's the classic, should you put yourself in a position that a double technical there kills you? And you shouldn't. Given the given the level of opponent that they they had been playing offensively all season long, you should not be in that position, and they were. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Will Arash, who now lives on the north end of the strip, will he get his wish and have an A stadium built on the festival grounds right near the Strat, right across from the Sahara? I hope not. <laughs> Why not? Is this just a selfish? Is this a, is this a selfish on the organization or selfish because of the hassle of traffic? Oh, I mean everything. But like, look, I'm an Angels fan. I'd I'd love for it to happen because I'd get to watch the Angels all the time. I I don't want I don't want public funds to go to a team that doesn't want to spend money on their own squad. I want a good team, right? One that that's cares. not being. By the way, that's not being anti-sports because a lot of people go back and are like, you guys didn't want the stadium. We wanted the stadium. We just wanted a better deal. I'm not anti-baseball. I'm anti this baseball team. Absolutely. If we hand you a stadium and you come to a market where you know you win or people don't show up. Mm-hmm. Because look at UNLV fell into the perfect storm, right? With VGK coming in and being awesome and the team down a little bit, they're having trouble recovering. There'll be like a three-year grace period for the excitement of baseball, John. And then if you're a 70-win team, no one will go to the games. So I'm rooting for Rush because, you know, they get that stadium – His place goes through the roof in terms of value.